Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor. And I'm Carson Vasquez. I'm a private pilot. And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial. So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Aviation Mentors Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Um, We have an awesome topic to talk about today, but before we get on to that, I have an announcement, Carson. It's a really cool one. Do you know what it is? Yeah, uh, you were able to tell me, actually, uh, and now I'm super jealous, but why don't you go ahead and tell everyone else? (laughs) Yeah, you should be jealous. It's pretty awesome, actually. Uh, So finally, I'm getting my SIC type in the Albatross. I'm getting all the paperwork completed when I get back from Florida. I'm in Florida right now recording. It is 10 p.m. the day before the episode comes out for me, and it's 7 for Carson, and we're really uh, putting in some time. We didn't want to miss the Wednesday episode, even though I was traveling literally all day today. So, uh, But yeah, uh, next uh, week, I've got an appointment at the FISDO to uh, get that SIC type rating. And uh, after that, I've got a trip I'm actually going to do down to uh, Cabo San Lucas. Um, with it. So we're going to land in the harbor there and uh, I'm really excited. Hopefully I'll get some photos. Um, as long as the owners let me take some, I'm going to take some photos and hopefully I'll be able to put them on uh, on the podcast uh, website and Facebook. I mean, it'll be pretty neat. I am ridiculously jealous. I haven't gotten to fly for about a month and, uh, and Brand's over here hanging out in Florida, having a good time again and uh, going to fly the Albatross next week. It's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. But so for today, um, that's actually kind of a good uh, transition because that is a multi-engine seaplane rating. But today we are actually going to talk about the transition from um, a single engine rating, like single engine land, airplane single engine land, uh, to a multi-engine rating um, or airplane multi-engine land. There's a bunch of different types of ratings. You can go back and forth for single and multi and Um, single C and multi C and all these other things. But just to keep it kind of simple today, uh, we are just going to talk about uh, airplane single engine land, getting a a new rating of airplane multi-engine land, whether it be a private pilot or a commercial pilot converting. Uh, So as you progress in your aviation career, you want to gain more experience. You often choose to add a multi-engine rating to your pilot certificate. Um, It's one of the easier ratings to add. Uh, if you're just adding another rating, it actually it counts as a BFR. Uh, so it counts as your flight review if you get another rating, uh, which is kind of neat. Uh, so that's why I did it originally. I just wanted to get new ratings so I didn't have to uh, do a biennial flight review. And actually, I didn't have to get a biennial flight review, I don't think, for like five or six years after I got my private pilot because I just kept on getting new ratings. That was more fun to me and easier than me just hiring a CFI and going up for an hour and a half and talking on the ground for an hour and a half. I got to uh, sit with a DPE for an hour and a half and uh, talk on the ground for an hour and a half instead. So, uh, But the transition from single engine land to multi-engine land is a significant step for any pilot. And it's really a fun one. So we're going to talk about a whole bunch of uh, things today on that. And uh, this is actually something I'm really passionate about because I really love multi-engine flying. Brent actually was with me on my first 10 multi-engine hours. Uh, we've gotten to do a couple fun flights in the multis, uh, whether it was the Duchess or the Baron. Haven't gotten to fly something like the Albatross or like that PBY Catalina that we saw. But aside from getting to fly all the cool planes, what are the benefits for someone flying single engine to go and move on to multi-engine? Uh, there's a ton of benefits. One, they typically go faster. But there's also some negatives. So it's actually going to cost twice as much in fuel because you are going faster. You got to carry more. It's heavier. (laughs) So it's going to take more engines to get off the ground. It's going to take a lot more effort, right? But the reason why somebody didn't really move on to that is they want to really move on with their career. 
they want to get those multi-engine hours for their ATP rating, or maybe they want to get into a larger aircraft that'll uh, hold more people. Um, there's not that many six-person single-engine aircrafts. I mean, they're out there, but uh, the multi-engine ones are, are much more capable, and you can go bigger and bigger and bigger. And if you ever want to get into uh, turboprops or you want to get into uh, something like that, you're probably going to want to go into a multi-engine airplane. Uh, they're safer, uh, in my opinion, a lot safer, and uh, they're not hard to fly. They just have an extra lever or extra three levers, and in the case of the Duchess or the Baron that I fly often. <laughs> So, you know, you said that they are safer and, and Maddie would like to know exactly why they are safer. <laughs> They're safer for a number of reasons. Uh, there was a airplane that had a uh, engine failure the other day at Riverside or just took off from Riverside. Uh, it sounds like it might be a fuel starvation issue, maybe when he changed the fuel selector valve or something, but we won't know until the NTSB report comes out, obviously, and I don't know, anywhere from one month to two years from now. <laughs> yeah, we don't even know. Um, but that would have never happened in a multi-engine airplane. Uh, it would have been a lot safer. He would have been able to go control, power, drag, identify, verify, fix or feather. And he would have been able to go through those things. Uh, and even if he'd lost one engine, he still could have climbed out on that on the, the other day. I mean, the weather was good. As long as he would have kept it uh, blue line or better, he would have made it to the next airport. Um, I've done engine outs right after takeoff on on purpose. I mean, simulated engine outs, of course, right after taking off. And uh, you can climb. You might only climb 100 feet per minute or 50 feet per minute in the middle of summer. Uh, so you might not want to turn. You just might want to go straight out. Uh, but I think they're a lot safer. Uh, multis get a bad rap, though. A lot of people think that it just is an extra engine to get you to the site of the crash. I've heard that from a bunch of old-time single-engine pilots. And really, people who are, aren't knowledgeable about about different parts of aviation. Uh, so whenever I hear that, I just think it's it's idiocy. I mean, I, I just ignore those people and I stop listening to them. Uh, multi-engines are more dangerous if you do not train to fly in them. Uh, if you are a multi-engine pilot and you don't do single-engine maneuvers uh, once or twice a year and just Keep your brain um, thinking about what would happen if you have a single engine uh, failure. Those are the times that a multi-engine can become uh, less safe than a single engine. Honestly, I mean, you can roll that plane over, you can hit VMC, and um, there's there's a bunch of horrible things that can happen if you're not ready for it. But as long as you know the basic principles of control, power, and drag, um, and pitch for blue line is probably the biggest one. Uh, then you should be able to to fly that airplane a lot safer than any single engine aircraft that you would ever want to fly. Matter of fact, I was in an airplane today and I was sitting next to a guy um, in my seat and he happened to be a captain for the A321 uh, that I was flying in the back of, right? Um, but he was deadheading over to uh, to Miami. Uh, he was going back home and there was a, a different captain obviously in the, in the cockpit. And he told me he was at an airport somewhere in Florida and he said that uh, he watched a plane crash in front of him, single engine. Uh, they had an engine failure and everybody on board passed away. And uh, he came from the military background. He was there for during 9-11 and he, he told me all sorts of stories and I got his contact information. Hopefully I'll be able to put him on the, on the podcast one day. Um, actually, I even gave him the podcast card. So he might be listening to this tomorrow, which would be very neat. But nevertheless, so he watched a, a bad airplane crash and he came from the military and that in the military, you, sometimes you only get a multi-engine land certificate. You don't even get a single engine. Uh, you just go straight to multi, which is possible. You can do that as a civilian as well. It just costs more time and money and effort. Uh, but in the military, it's very common. Uh, so when he left, he, he thought about 
talking to a, a flight school and trying to get a single engine land. But after he saw that, he, he thought about it and he said, you know what? I just need a second engine. I feel safer with it. And I don't want to fly with only one engine. I want to fly with two. Uh, so he never got a single engine land. And he still doesn't have it today. And uh, it sounds like he's been flying for about 23, 25 years now. So um, he's had quite the career without a single engine land certificate, which is pretty neat. You know, I think that's pretty funny since most people uh, that are just flying recreationally go their whole life without having a multi-engine land certificate. So never getting a singles is kind of funny flipping the flipping the table on that one. So that leads me to that next question. I, I didn't know that private pilots can just go and get their multi right away. Um, can a private go from their single engine to their multi-engine without having to get a commercial, or should they? The answer is it depends on should they. Uh, can they? Yes, you can go get a multi-engine certificate, and you can go get a multi-private instead of getting a single private. Um, it doesn't matter. Just like you can actually go get a, a single-engine C or multi-engine seaplane rating as your single, as your primary as well. So that's possibility. Whether or not you should get your private multi before you get your commercial multi really depends on you. If you're a new pilot and you've got I don't know, 80 or 100 hours and you don't fly that often and you're not doing this for a career or anything like that, you might want to consider getting your, your private multi sooner. It's not very much effort. It's anywhere from 5 to 20 hours. Um, generally, most people, it's around 10 hours as long as you're proficient in an airplane. Uh, to get your multi-engine rating. Uh, so really, it depends on you. If you're just a, a private pilot having fun, go get your multi, your private multi. Um, if you are going for a career, it makes no sense to go get your multi early. Go in the in the correct order. Um, you can do your private instrument, uh, commercial, uh, single, and then multi, uh, multi-commercial. Uh, there are some schools that actually switch it. So you actually get your uh, commercial multi first and you get your single uh, commercial second. And the reason why a lot of schools do that, it ends up being a little bit more expensive, but schools do that because you need those multi-hours uh, to become an MEI uh, and you need those multi-hours for your ATP rating. So you're going to need them regardless. It just matters how you get them. And that's why some schools do that. Uh, it, it really depends on on the length of the school and different things. But I know Stratus has partners that that do both. Some of them start with single commercial. Some start with multi-commercial. Uh, but uh, with your instrument rating, I know I kind of mentioned kind of all of them. I would say if you are planning on getting an instrument rating sooner rather than later, go get your instrument rating first and then do your multi. Because if you do that, there, then you're only going to need to go do one check ride. Um, and if you get, here's an example. I know it's kind of complicated, especially when I'm just talking about it. Normally when I'm talking about this in person, I'm like drawing it on a piece of paper or on a whiteboard. So first off, you go get your private, um, private single, right? Uh, and then if you want to get your multi next, you can go do that. And then you'll have your private multi and your, uh, and I'm sorry, you'll have your private single and your private multi. See, I even get your tongue twisted. So you'll have those two things, but you won't have an instrument rating. So then when you go take your instrument rating, you can take your instrument uh, check ride in either type of airplane, single or multi. But for you to add it onto each one of those, you're going to have to go take two check rides now for your instrument rating. Uh, most people do this. They go with their private first, then they go get their instrument rating, and then they will go get their multi-engine uh, add-on. And when they go get their multi-engine add-on, they only have to do one approach under the hood and then their multi-engine 
airplane uh, rating, whether it be private or commercial, will also have instrument privileges on it. Uh, so that's why you should go in that order. Now, if you're not planning on getting your instrument rating ever or for a very long time and you don't mind just doing that extra small check ride later on, then go ahead and go get that multi-engine rating now. That way you can fly with some of your friends and, and fly under the hood with them uh, and both of you can log PIC. And we can talk about that on another episode for sure about how two pilots can log PIC. Um, but a lot of people do it for time building. So I would say that's kind of the, the convoluted and short answer, Carson, to should you get your private uh, multi or should you get your commercial multi? I hope that wasn't too confusing. It made sense to me, but maybe it is just because I've seen you draw it on that whiteboard so many times while you explain it to students. <laughs> uh, I, I also didn't Possibly. know that it, it definitely is. I also didn't know it was that easy to add your instrument onto your multi. So that's pretty cool. Um, here is an easier question, though. What's required to transition from single engine to multi-engine? What are the uh, the check ride requirements? <laughs> Those are really easy, actually. Um, there's hardly any check ride requirements. You just need to have like one flight under your belt and a sign off from a CF dot or sorry, an MEI, a multi-engine instructor. Uh, so that's all you have to have if you want to do an add-on. There's no three hours check ride prep. There's there's nothing like that that you need. Uh, now, if you want to get it as an initial rating. So let's just say that you want to go get your, uh, you have your single engine land and that's, you have private and then you have your uh, instrument rating. You got that as well. And now you want to get your commercial multi first rather than uh, your single multi. And you can actually look that up. I'm not going to read it verbatim, but you can look it up on 61.129 and uh, you can look it up under B for an airplane multi-engine rating. And that particular uh, section talks about the exact requirements that you would have to have uh, to get a initial multi-engine land commercial rating. Um, there's there's also another section. I can't quote the, the FAR off the top of my head because I don't look at it that often, but there's also one for private. If you want to look at what's required to get an additional aircraft rating, um, other than a rating at the ATP level, you can look at 6163 in the FARs and it'll actually tell you exactly what you need. And essentially, it just tells you you need to be signed off. You need to have the uh, proper aeronautical experience that's listed. And really, that's it. Just like I just said a few minutes ago. So it sounds like it's a pretty easy rating overall to get, and the training isn't too hard. Uh, I, I know that when we went and did our flights, I was like feeling pretty confident I can go and do a check ride. Uh, but what do tip people typically go and struggle with? Um, a lot of people struggle with a lot of things, and no, Carson, you were not check ride ready when we did our couple multi flights. I definitely um, wasn't. I said I felt like I was ready. Oh, okay. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, it was it was fun flying with you there. We took a we. One of the flights that I think Carson's referring to, we actually took uh, took the Duchess uh, to uh, what's what's the name of that place that we went to? Harris Ranch. Harris it was Ranch. called Harris Steak Ranch, and it's got this little tiny runway, and it's got the best steak around. Um, they ship their beef all over. I don't know if they ship it all over the country, but I know they ship it all over California. And Harris Ranch is really really good. Um, so, and they have a really short runway, and it's really thin, and uh, it's it's incredibly intimidating to look at if you haven't ever flown at a short runway before. Um, but Carson and I went there and on our way home, I turned off a motor on him and he, his, uh, his face turned very white, very quickly, um, as they do with, with most, uh, with most pilots. So first thing that happens is most people are scared to kind of full circle on your question. Uh, most people are scared to turn off an engine. They think that the airplane's just going to fly, like fly to the ground. Because if you turned off an engine in a single engine airplane, the airplane's going to go to the ground. But in a multi, um, there's different 
service ceilings and depending on temperature and weather and weight and a whole bunch of things, uh, the plane's going to fly. Um, typically in the summer, uh, the Duchess will still fly at around 4,000 feet and it won't descend any further than that on a single engine. Uh, so people really struggle with the psychology behind actually turning off an engine. Um, literally you stop it. I mean, you pull the mixture and it stops and you feather it. So you have less resistance. Uh, most people think, oh, you're just going to simulate it, right? It's more safe if you just simulate it. Yeah, it's probably safer if you simulate it, uh, but it's also creating more drag and you want to know what to do in the real, in the real world if you actually lose an engine. Uh, so like I've, like I said earlier, control power, drag, identify, verify, fix, or feather. Um, and I will drill that into somebody's head about a thousand times. Um, and then there's a second thing that everybody struggles with, and I, I don't care who they are. Um, it, it really doesn't matter, but that's the VMC demo. That's probably the hardest maneuver for everyone to, to kind of master. Uh, it's really kind of teetering on out of control and in control with the airplane. Uh, so a lot of people will go totally out of control with it and try to kill me. Um, but, but that's why we simulate uh, turning off the engine in that maneuver. So we never get ourselves into a bad situation. But I would say those are probably the two biggest things that people struggle with. And you, you would imagine that the military pilots are, are absolutely the best ones uh, because most of them really are. And you've trained some pretty fantastic pilots for the multi- uh, and several of them have been these military pilots. So how do you see these pilots transition to their civilian licenses? Do they do a pretty good job? Do they catch it up quickly? Do they have the same issues? Yeah, what Carson's referring to is I get a lot of people who come to me that want to do their ATP rating. And uh, and they just want to make get it so they can get become more marketable uh, to the airlines when they when they leave the military and then go to the airlines. And a lot of those, those guys and girls, they only have uh, multi-engine ratings, um, and, but they have the equivalent of a commercial, um, commercial pilot rating. And a lot of them have the FAA commercial pilot. Actually, I think that might be a requirement to be honest. So they all have the commercial uh, airplane re requirement uh, along with an instrument rating. And for them to get an ATP rating, they have to go to a, do a CTP course. And there's a few places around the country that do it. Um, I'm not going to plug the main one that a lot of people go to because um, the program was, was good. I enjoyed it. Um, it's just expensive and kind of far away. But regardless, there's a lot of ATP CTP courses you can go to. Uh, you can go go to them around the, around the country. Uh, but they go and do that and then they come to me because now they need to feel good in a small airplane. Um, I have guys that come <laughs> that fly C-17s, uh, C-130s. Uh, uh, F-35s, all sorts of different airplanes that are really, really cool airplanes, but they are nothing like a Duchess that goes like 120 knots. Uh, it's just, or 130 knots, whatever it flies, not very fast, right? It's a lot slower. Um, so people who jump in that, they actually, um, they study a lot, which is great because most pilots don't study enough. Uh, I'm actually really happy that they study a lot because I give every multi-engine uh, pilot a packet um, and it explains exactly how to pass your, your check ride. If you know that packet, you'll pass your check ride. I mean, I've told everybody that, and I have never, knock on wood, had somebody fail a check ride um, on their ground portion ever <laughs> on a multi-engine rating because I make sure that they know that packet before they go do a check ride. So they go and do that. But full circle to Carson's question again, they have the same exact problems as we do. They're now going from a big airplane to a small airplane that flies a heck of a lot different. Its responsiveness is different. Everything about it's different. It goes slower. 
Um, they're used to putting putting controls up slower, I think, inside in certain turbine engines versus we can go pretty quickly with a with a piston engine. It really is hard for them. And number one problem that every single uh, person has when they come to me, uh, and it's VMC demo. <laughs> uh, so it's a very common trend. Everybody cannot get the VMC demo down. But besides that, they really just they're. I, I actually tell those guys to fly the the approach is really fast because they're used to flying a faster approach. So I just have them go fast on the approaches and actually helps them out quite a bit uh, compared to on a civilian person. Uh, I'm going to have them go pretty slow on the approach because it's a single engine approach, uh, but all within safety margins. And, and it really depends on the person, of course, but yes, the military pilots have the same issues we do. Um, some of them are just excellent and they get in the airplane and they're natural uh, top gun pilots. Right. Uh, but some of them aren't. I mean, and by the way, I've trained a few Top Gun pilots. I've trained a Blue Angel uh, and I've trained a few other people like that too. So, um, and I really appreciate what the military does for us. So everybody who's listening, who's in the military or, uh, or you're thinking about going to the military or you've served in the past, uh, thank you guys for your service. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I, I agree with what Brand says. Uh, these, these guys are absolutely amazing pilots and they're amazing people too. And of course, they're going to be a little bit confused getting in a Duchess. Uh, flying a multi-engine of any sort is, is a different kind of plane because getting your multi is the next big step in your aviation career. It unlocks a whole new world of planes that you get to fly. And it bridges the gap between the fastest of the single engine planes to the beautiful multi-engine planes that we've always seen. So having your multi, you're able to fly further, faster, and carry more weight, uh, especially after you eat those $100 hamburgers like Brandon and I like to go get. And it's a pretty great step uh, to take for any pilot seeking to add on another rating. It 100% is. And like I said, it counts as, as a BFR, so go do it. Uh, it'll, it'll, it's not very expensive either. I mean, you can find places around the country as low as $2,500 um, and kind of as high as $25,000. So it really, really depends. Uh, I know several schools that are five to 10 grand. That's probably the going rate. Uh, and a lot of places you can get it done in in a weekend or a week, you can get it done very quickly. So just have your, uh, your check ride set up kind of before, uh, before you even go. So, um, thank you guys for listening today. I really enjoyed uh, talking about this. Uh, as you can tell, I, I really love multi-engine flying. It's, it's kind of one of my, my passions and teaching multi-engine flying. Uh, I really, really enjoy. Um, but if you'd like to reach out to either one of us, and I know, uh, we've had a few fans that have reached out to us. And by the way, uh, the person who reached out to Carson last week, asking for some t-shirts, uh, if he hasn't done so yet, he's going to reach out to you and, uh, we're going to get some, uh, t-shirts sent to you for free. Uh, so thanks so much for reaching out. Anybody else wants any, please let us know. We're happy to send them out. Um, just all you gotta do is ask. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to either one of us, you can just at Twitter or Instagram. I'm at Mr. Martini guy for Carson. It's at Carson underscore AV 17. And of course, our preferred method is Brandon at AviationMentors.com or Carson at AviationMentors.com. And as a wrap up for the day, remember, we're here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride. See ya.